For weeks now, we've been immersed in the parables of the Gospel of Matthew, the sower scattering seeds across all kinds of ground, the wheat and the weeds growing up together in the field, and the litany of the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, yeast to leaven bread, treasure hidden in a field, a pearl of great value, a net thrown into the sea, catching every kind of fish. This week, we make a shift. We shift from parables to miracles. But much has happened in between the time of teaching and doing. Jesus has traveled to his hometown of Nazareth to teach in the synagogue there, and he's been questioned because he is, after all, just that carpenter's son, causing Jesus to observe, prophets are not without honor except in their own country and in their own house. So Jesus leaves Nazareth, and soon he hears the horrible news that his cousin, the one who was a voice in the wilderness crying out repentance, and the coming of Jesus, John the Baptist, has been killed. Herod has made a foolish promise and had to honor it to save face in front of guests at his birthday feast. He has served up the head of John the Baptist on a platter to a beguiling dancer, the daughter of his mistress, Herodias. John's disciples came and took the body and buried it. Then they went away and told Jesus. Our text this week picks up at this very point. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. Is it any wonder that Jesus is looking for a little peace and quiet? He's been traveling and teaching, and he's most recently been discounted by the people who watched him grow up and know him best. And he has just learned of a terrible personal loss. The people follow Jesus into this deserted place, this wilderness, and not just a few people, 5,000 men and more women and children. When Jesus comes back to shore, he sees this throng gathered and waiting for him. Even in his grief, Jesus has compassion for them. This is a shift in the gospel. Jesus has pivoted from parables to miracles, from teaching to action. He performs miracles. In his compassion, he cures the sick and he feeds the gathered mass of humanity with five loaves and two fish. Jesus' compassion is enacted. Now, this is not your typical miracle story. Nowhere does Matthew tell us that people were amazed. We do not hear that people were asking for healing or for food. We do not hear that the people ran back to their villages to tell of the miraculous events. 
This is very unusual. If Matthew's gospel doesn't tell us that, then what might the purpose of this story be? If not for the ooh-ah factor, if not for the dazzling show to make people believe, what might the meaning of this story be? Seven parables build up to this moment in Matthew. And the last five of them begin, the kingdom of heaven is like. Perhaps the purpose of these miracles is to do more than tell what the kingdom of heaven is like. The purpose of this is to show what the kingdom of heaven is like. Jesus has the disciples take and feed the multitudes, moving among them, tending to their needs, and then gathering up the leftovers. The kingdom of heaven is where compassion is shown, even in the midst of personal pain. The kingdom of heaven is where the sick are cured, where there is health and wholeness. The kingdom of heaven is where no one goes hungry. There are even leftovers. There is abundance. The kingdom of heaven is where followers of Jesus do the work of the kingdom. Can it be that the kingdom of heaven is here and now, and we are the workers? Just as Richard shared in his sermon last week, the smallest of efforts, the smallest of things, even as small as a mustard seed, can produce abundance. As canon pastor at St. John's, I get to see this kingdom work enacted every day. Even in the midst of a pandemic, our people's compassion continues to spur them to action. I see individuals who don't think they are doing much that is extraordinary, adding their efforts and care to a host of others who are doing the same. These efforts multiply and create an extravagant outpouring of care shared in our community. Our Eucharistic visitors continue to call and check on the folks they visited before the COVID-19 pandemic. Our spiritual directors continue to meet virtually with their directees. The stargazers continue to reach out to the widows in our midst, especially those who have become widowed in the past several months. Our Daughters of the King chapter continues to meet virtually, train new members, and devote themselves to intercessory prayer for our community. Cards are still sent on one-year anniversaries of baptisms, weddings, and funerals. A number of our folks stepped up to adopt a parishioner who would be particularly vulnerable and isolated during this time of quarantine, pledging to call frequently and send notes of encouragement. Over 40 parishioners recently undertook a calling campaign 
to check in on as many folks as possible, and to date have completed almost 450 phone calls. Compassion turned to action. Followers of Jesus setting aside their own personal pain and loss. And my friends, we are all experiencing pain and loss right now. Setting that aside to be present to others, to bring a sense of wholeness and abundance to those who need it the most, to those who are alone. Compassion turned to action. The actions of individuals joining others until an entire community is transformed. The kingdom of heaven enacted here and now. Your church is not closed. Your church is alive and well. Your church is doing kingdom work. Your church is doing the miracle work that grows from compassion, creating connection and reminding people of the abundance that is possible when we work together. The kingdom of heaven is like this. Be well, my friends. I miss you. <laughs>